What's going on, everybody? We are back with episode number 53 of the Real Bodybuilding Podcast, and I'm here with the two most American people I know, Seth Ferrosi and Branch Warren. How are you guys? Doing good. good doing well. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. So oh, let's, yeah. let's get into it. We were talking about BLM. How annoyed are we with the fact that it's taken over professional sports? I'll well, be honest with you. When I watch sports, the last thing I want to hear about is politics, no matter right, left, whatever your views are. And that's why you watch sports, to get away from all that kind of stuff and just enjoy the competition of it. And, um, you know, I've, um, it really it bothers me that they let, you know, politics you know, get into professional sports. I mean, everybody's entitled to their views, 100%. But, you know, when I watch a game, I don't really want to deal with politics. I just want to see two teams go at it and see a good game. What do you say, what do you say to people who, are, who say – that's the biggest platform they have, so they're using it to get their message out. I say, if you're, you take somebody like a Tom Brady or a LeBron James, if they want to get the message out, they can call up any media outlet in their country. Yeah, and they'll have a platform. That's true. I mean, they're, they're, they they can. No one's going to deny them an interview. You know, any of the any of the top athletes in the NFL, NBA, baseball, name your sport. If they want to get the message out. They can do it. I mean, they they're in a unique position to where they can sit down and talk about talk about that, and and they should. So you guys are both business owners. What do you guys, Seth? I'll go to you first. What do you think about guys getting paid whatever they're getting paid, hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars to play basketball or football or whatever, and they're 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 using your time that you're paying them for to get their message out? Is that is that okay with you, or is that like, hey, you know, this is our time. We're paying you for our time. You should be doing I, think, uh, I, I don't know if I like the, the, the correlation between the two, like a professional athlete of doing that compared to somebody that's working at the company or work, working in the shipping department. Yeah. Um, I think like for the professional athletes, like uh, I get why they're doing it, but like Branch said, like any of those people that are high profile and that is their platform, bro, they have huge social media followings. They can call up any news station, ESPN, ABC, NBC, CNN, whoever. They want to, and they can have their conversations and get it all out. I think, um, I mean, uh, I believe the disconnect between, like, the movement or the organization Black Lives Matter and the actual cause of Black Lives Mattering, I think that's there's a huge disconnect there because I don't think there's anybody out there that doesn't agree that there, there should be a platform talking about the issues that we have in the country. Mm-hmm. I think the problem that – I think the problem is, is the fact that uh, – the organization itself, Black Lives Matter, is a is a Marxist organization, and if you look a little further into it, it looks like a money money laundering organization. And people that look into foundations, that's why whenever whenever you choose a foundation to donate to, uh, you're very selective. Like Wounded Warriors, it's a great concept, it's awesome. But when you look into it, you realize that there are people on on the board making millions upon millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. That's a little fucked up. Yeah, yeah. So, when Black Lives Matter has had billions of dollars donated to it, whenever we're talking about billions, we all as business owners know what it's like to have like a little bit of money and make it a lot. Yeah, yeah. So when you have billions of dollars, you're like, holy shit, what have you been doing with it all? Where's it going? Please like elaborate on this so that I so that I can be like, okay, that's a great idea. That's a bad idea, mm-hmm. and that's just being logical. Yeah, I think my biggest issue with it, um. My, my thing is originally it was about police brutality and I was like, you know what? I'm hundred percent on board. Let's figure out how to like 
reform police or figure out how to train them better or whatever it may be. Um, but my biggest issue with it now is that you are wrong if you disagree with them. Like there was a basketball player on the weekend. I can't remember something Isaac. I can't remember. I don't follow basketball a lot, but it was some, mm-hmm. his first name, something Isaac. I think Isaac was his last name. He stood for the national anthem and the rest of his team knelt. And he became the guy that was ridiculed for it. And I'm like, you know, you can have your cause, but you don't have to, I feel like it's wrong to force everybody to believe what you believe. Dude, it's healthy to have an open debate and difference of opinions. You know, yeah. speaking for as an American, we're all different. Everybody in America comes from different backgrounds, different races, ethnicities, whatever. But that's where we always got our strength from, was mm-hmm. by being different and diverse. That's a good thing. And having open, you know, freedom of speech is very important. You know, when you start shaming people or trying to silence people just because they have a difference of opinion, that's a dangerous, slippery slope you're going down. Mm-hmm. And um, what Seth said, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, there's issues in this country that need to be addressed. And I'm all for talking about it. As for Black Lives Matter as an organization, I do not support them because they're a Marxist organization. They don't support the nuclear family. And they're, they're taking out a lot of money and they're doing some shady stuff with it, you know. Yeah. And um, not good. Just like you said with the Wounded Warriors thing, on the outside, Wounded Warriors sounds like a great organization. But you looked at it, well, these board members are like 80% of the money went to them, not yeah. to the, the people that should be helped. And, uh, you know, so, and that's the same type of thing you're seeing with these Black Lives Matter is people at the top of the organization are not really doing, they lost the outside of what their cause was. Yeah. So I, I don't want to talk about politics too much because I think people watch this show for the same reason they watch basketball is to not talk about politics. So let's just get away from that for a minute. But I, I did want to ask you guys both something uh, and you guys can both answer in different ways, of course, because you're both retired and I'm on my, I'm not far from retirement either. So I want to ask you guys on, for my own personal reasons. <laughs> Branch, I'll start with you. What, uh, do you get the itch? What's it feel like being retired? Do you miss being like, really jacked like what is the explain, <laughs> explain the whole explain the whole thing explain, explain the whole thing well you're still jacked but i mean like you know you were, you were like you were like i saw a video of the other day and i was like hey, you're still pretty jacked dude no but he's like, he like no, was, no, not. okay he was second in the olympia jack that's a little that's a little different so a little different yeah explain explain kind of what's going on and how it feels right now you know man i uh do i miss competing no i don't um, I had a blast with it. You know, I, I tell people I got to live my dream. You know, I mean, when I was a teenager, my dream was to be a pro bodybuilder and compete and make a living at it. And I was able to do that. Um, do I miss being jacked? Yeah, I mean, walking around like a total super freak, as we all know, it's kind of cool, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, you wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror and you're like, I'm cool. I never was happy with how I look, you know, because that's always what drove me to, you know, push harder. But, you know, it was kind of cool. Um, you know, do I miss the diet? You know, I don't miss a diet, you know. Do I I still eat I'm a bodybuilder, you know, and like I tell people I still want to try to look like a bodybuilder and yeah. represent. But um I don't wanna I love to train. You know, I trained you know, Johnny, you know, made he's come back to the Arnold and so I I gained fifteen pounds back just training with him, you know, <laughs> trying to keep up so I could try to recover and shit and uh yeah. survive the damn workouts. But uh you know, that was fun. I, that was fun. You know, the, the pushing yeah. myself, you know, that's the first time I trained that hard since I retired. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was there to help him and push him and, you know, get back. And um, I love that. That shit was awesome. You know, we, we were back to, sorry, back to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, that but, was cool because. Sorry, I want to ask you what, I know you said you're eating like a bodybuilder, but is it how close to eating like a bodybuilder are you? Are you, are you cheating more often? Or are you still eating four or five, six meals a day? Like, what does it look like? 
I eat at least four meals a day, try to get five in, depending on what my work schedule is. Um, do I cheat? Um, if I want something, I eat it. But yeah. generally, I don't, you know, two or three times a week. You know, like uh, yesterday, we were at some friend's house and I had a pizza. You know, I ate a freaking large pizza. Yeah. And I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> so, uh, I felt pretty damn good about uh, it. I don't, I don't feel bad so, about it. <laughs> and then I went and got some ice cream after that. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, do I do that every day? No, I don't. Because, you know, I mean, we're, we're all bodybuilders, man. And I, I know, I'm, well, I'm guessing you're just like me. I know your mentality. I know you love to train. I think you love to train more than you love to compete. Yeah. And uh, you'll be six years old. You'll still be in there killing it. Yeah. So, um, and eating is just part of building off the train. So how often did you do the, the large pizza and ice cream when you were in, like, not when you're dieting, but like, let's say in the off season when you're like in competition, like as a pro. And you My thing, every Sunday I had a, I had a pizza and uh had some ice cream usually my thing was like during football season i love watching football yeah. and uh order a large pizza give me some ice cream afterwards and watch the game and life was good did um, anybody know that while my, you were competing i don't know man. i didn't know i didn't know that no nope. yeah. so nope. you just not free contest no way you just but, gave uh, permission to a whole bunch of bodybuilders to eat large pizzas and ice cream all at once Bro, you have the most hardcore bodybuilder of all time saying, I just love some ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm happy. <laughs> the guy that's front pressing 315 for 20 reps going, yeah. I love my ice cream. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's amazing. You're smashing large pizzas and you're still able to keep a, uh, like a good size waist. Yeah. You no, know, man, I don't, think, I don't think I could get fat. I mean, knock on wood, hope that don't come back on me. No, but just, uh, just the distension. Like you never had a distended stomach, even though – you know, people would say, oh, if you eat pizza, it's like going to cause a bad gut biome and blah, 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 all this bullshit. I was eating a pizza once a week. Yeah. Obviously, you can go and give you, have the Senate out of mind. It's just, doesn't, I don't get that. So, I mean, maybe if you don't ever shit, maybe it'll build up and, you know, <laughs> something, but I mean, you got backed up maybe, but I don't, I don't know. You know what? At the end of the day, you know, my, my thing was I would eat, be on off season. I had a program off season pre-contest i treat off season just as seriously as i did pre-contest you know but off season every now and then i have what i want to have yeah and uh when i didn't feel bad about it you know if i have so eat six meals a day one of those meals happened to be pizza so what yeah yeah so, what if, if you don't mind me yeah. asking and you don't have to say if you don't want to but what's what's gear look like after retirement is it just trt is it anything are you nothing is like where are you at just a just replacement yeah so okay. yeah very 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 minimal yeah. So, and uh, I, uh, you know, just, just enough to feel good. Right. So can I ask you this? I, I always tell people like they ask me what it's like to be on gear. And I say, it's only really awesome for like an hour in the gym. The rest of the time in my life, it's not really beneficial in any way. Like I just, it doesn't really help me anywhere, but in the gym. Sure. Um, is that kind of, it's like, do you feel better like personality wise, feeling wise, like not having to do any of that shit? Yeah. I, I never liked that stuff. Um, you know, I think that was, um, you know, when I was competing, when it was came to nutrition, came to training, cardio, posing, I never missed, you know, I never missed a workout. I never missed a, a posing session. I never cheat on my diet, any of that stuff ever. I just wouldn't do it because I just, that's just not my personality. Um, that when it came to gear, that's where I always feel behind. I, I see, I prayed it took enough yeah. and I didn't, and I didn't do it regular, you know, I'm like, all right, time to do it. And I'll do it tomorrow and I'll do it tomorrow. Next thing you know, it's like four, five, six days past due. Yeah. I'm like, I still haven't done it. And that was the one area that I, I probably should have been because I just didn't like doing it. Yeah. So. Hey, Seth, are you like that too? Because I fucking, 
I'm so glad you said that, man. Cause there's days where I miss, like I'll put my, I'll, I'll get it ready and it'll be out and I'll be like, ah, and you just don't, you don't want to do it. And like a day or two will go by and you're like, okay, I got to do it. Is that kind of how you are? Yeah. I mean, for me, the, you know, uh, we're all wild men in our own ways. And whenever we get into the zone, there's nothing that can really break us. But like being outside of it, like you said, like there was only a specific time whenever we were like, whenever the real benefit from it all is coming right now. Like, uh, I don't think I've felt better ever. And I take it. I'm on a, on a, uh, TRT dose right now. I take 200, take 250 megs of test every week. And I've never felt better. And I'm like, if you would have told me that five years ago, I'd have been like, you're full of shit. Yeah. I love taking 750 megs of test. Yeah. I love taking a gram of test. Yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> no, I, 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 whenever I was like pre-contest or had a serious goal in mind, like I was, I was into it. I was deep into it. Um, but I really didn't have anything else going on, going on outside of my life that was uh, worth putting the same effort into. Yeah. So, but no, I, I like uh, I like where I'm at right now. I think it's, I mean, that's why it sounds, it's hard because people that are listening to this are like, you three motherfuckers are saying you don't like to take it. That doesn't make sense. But then I'm like, well, it does in a, in a way because when I'm on the other end of it now, I'm like, yeah, I feel way better, but I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be here doing this if I didn't do those things. Yeah. Um, but. Well, I should uh, get, and, uh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Good. No, 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 finish. I was going to say, I shouldn't, I shouldn't give people the wrong impression. I love it. For the, <laughs> for the for the one hour in the gym it's fucking awesome like, oh, yeah. If, I could, oh, yeah if i could turn it on and off for that one hour it would be heaven it would be like the best oh, thing ever, right but that's you know it's it's funny because you know branch is like he's like i've been training hard with johnny he's like i gained 15 fucking pounds and it's like oh boy yeah, everybody's yeah. like man how's that happen yeah. but then i'm here i was uh i you know after the torn tricep and uh, I'm back to training and moving, moving weight again. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, I was like, man, I was like 211 pounds. I was like starting to have a little bit of a complex. Yeah. And sure enough, I start lifting weights again. And nothing in my life has changed except the food, the amount of food I'm eating and the training. The hormones are still the same. And I gained 11 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, well, here it comes. It's coming back. We've all, um, it's funny. We've all had a torn tricep. I just realized yeah. that. And so you're, you're coming. You had two? <laughs> Branch, you had two? <laughs> Same one on same like same both on one side or nah, both? both of them. Oh, times. oh man! You know I, I I noticed that Seth yours looks like it's coming back well. Like it looks like it's the surgery was done so well that it's going to be the way it was. Yeah, Branch, Branch. I don't recall yours looking any different. How is after you had the surgery? Did yours come all the way back? Uh, I came back better, I think. Actually, it, uh, I had I tore it in uh, '08. Yeah, and. Uh, I came back and got second at the Olympia. Yeah, so, second uh, in '09. Yeah, yeah. So it, it didn't. Uh, I don't know. In a, a weird kind of way, I think it was almost a blessing because it forced me to take time off and just chill. Yeah. And um, when I came back, I just you know your body has to have rest. I think uh, in a weird kind of way, it was a blessing. Uh, yeah, I think my surgeon must have done something wrong because mine feels like it's pulled halfway up my arm. Like oh, it's, really? It's, it's almost like he didn't pull it down all the way or something. Like it's just not. I don't think it's ever going to look the way it looked. So it's kind of shitty, but I mean, I was, I was panicked, you know, like when it happens, you're like, I didn't, it was my first serious, like major tear where I needed surgery. So I'm like, I got to hurry up and get to a doctor because I thought the sooner they did it, the better it would heal. 
So sure. I just went, I just went to the first doctor I could find. Mm-hmm. And that might've been a, might've been a little mistake. I might've had to wait a little bit. Um, so you guys also, again, you guys are both business owners. How is Wicked Cuts going branch? What's it like? Man, we're killing it. We've, we've grown probably 300% since February. Wow. Um, <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's been insane, man. I mean, we've, uh, the warehouse will run out of warehouse space. So, uh, we're awesome. talking about possibly getting a, going to find another warehouse, but, uh, it's been really good. We've got a lot of new flavors we're coming out with and, um, the direct consumer business has just exploded. You know, I think, um, you know, it has over one year shelf life on it and, uh, got some really kick-ass flavors. We've got bee sticks, you know, 15, 16 grams of protein in them. Yeah. And, uh, it's doing really well. And something to touch on that, you know, Seth was talking about earlier with the Wind Warrior project. So we came out with a flavor, traditional Western, we put in a camouflage bag and we teamed up with Sons of the Flag. Well, Sons of the Flag is a charity organization. It's ran by a guy named Ryan Parrott. He's a former Navy SEAL who was a burn survivor. He got injured severely overseas. And, uh, I have a very close friend of mine who was um, blown up in Iraq and uh, burned over 80% of his body. And um, I don't know how many surgeries he's had, but it's insane. And um, so you, and with burn survivors, it's not a get out of the hospital, you're good. It's an ongoing process of surgeries and kind of a lifetime of, you know, care and stuff that they have to go back to. So me and Scott team, you know, said, Hey, let's do something to help these guys out. And uh, so we teamed up and we gave a, a huge portion. We actually we gave 100% of the proceeds from the sale of this uh, traditional Western jerky. Yeah. Wicked cuts to uh, Sons of the Flag to you know help these guys out and uh, wow. you know, help the men and women that are, you know, because you hear about the people that didn't come back, but there's thousands of people that came back and they're severely injured yeah. and uh, disfigured and everything else. So, uh, you know, just trying to do some good to help them. So you're doing well, Seth. How is? Uh, I know you got like four or five businesses now, so they all seem to be going well. Or how are you doing? Everything's great. It's yeah. the the direct the direct the consumer thing is a huge deal. Yeah. Um, like Brand said, like if you're if you are set up to be able to have a direct to consumer business, you're you made it through COVID. You did okay because you were selling to people, and you have a shipping department. You spend the money on having a team of people to help ship things out, make sure everything a customer service center. Um, those things are are very important, especially at times like this. Um, we noticed that like a store. Uh, some of the stores that uh, didn't get a ton of foot traffic to begin with or were young in their, in their early stages of building their businesses, they got hurt. Um, you know, we did what we could to make sure to help them, you know, get good products. We helped them with some giveaway stuff. But we did, we, we made it through because of the team that we built. Um, uh, we're fortunate. The gymnastics, we shut that down for a couple months, but we opened back up in uh, first week of June and every single parent and every single person in the community is excited because we are now, we had to shut down taking people because it's, it's, it's yeah. um, great. but yeah, everything's, I, we have no problems. Everything is great. Do you guys think, um, you know, it's, it's amazing to me because I see bodybuilders that start companies and they all seem to be doing well. Like when I think of all the different bodybuilders that have companies like, you know, John Meadows and Jeff Long and Jason Ha and all the different bodybuilders that have gone on to do things. Do you think it's because we're channeling the same, that same energy, right? Like, cause we've learned kind of what it takes to build a body. It's almost like the same formula. Branch, do you have any thoughts on that? No, if you can take the, you know, what bodybuilding too taught me, self-discipline, work ethic, and it teaches you that, you know, it doesn't come overnight. You know, you gotta have patience. You know, what does it take to become a pro bodybuilder? Average, what, 10 years probably? Yeah. Hardcore training. So, you know, some people do a little less, some a little bit longer, but you know, so you spend 10 years of your life grinding away for a goal so you finally that you accomplish and so a business is the same way it takes years and uh, you know you're not going to start off and 
be the biggest company in the world and have overnight success usually. You know, it takes years of grinding and, you know, you've got to have discipline, financial discipline, you know, work discipline, and you've got to know how to grind and work hard. You can take all these, these things that you learn from bodybuilding and transfer that over into your business, then you'll be successful. Yeah. Seth, any thoughts on that? I'll piggyback shit out of that 100%. Within, within business, there's like, it's not one dynamic. And just like in bodybuilding, it's not one dynamic. It's not people are always like, man, how long did you spend in the gym a day? And you're like, like an hour and a half tops, yeah. you know, two hours on a big day. But, you know, the other day, the other parts of the day are just as important. It's just like that in business. Like one aspect will not put you at the front of the pack and it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take a lot of discipline. It's going to take a lot of mental fortitude. Just like bodybuilding, like you're like, oh, I got to wait, waking up at 5 a.m. to do an hour of cardio. People are like, fuck that. Yeah. Same concept with this. You got to be able to, you got to be able to push through those, the ugly times. And <clears throat> that's really what's going to build your business. And I think, I mean, I think that's why um, uh, these companies are sprouting up and they're staying and they're maintaining and growing is because that's what we've done our whole, our whole lives. And like you said, Jeff Long, another retired bodybuilder that, dude, he's just doing his thing. He's hustling. Yeah. You know? Branch, do you think, how many, how many days, I, this is going to be different for every bodybuilder, but let's say you're getting ready for a show. You're 16 weeks out from the Olympia. How many days, how many ups and downs do you have in that 16 weeks? Like, or let's take, just take one week. How many days of the, that week are you like, I suck, I'm shit. And how many days are you like, I'm going to win this show? Um. That's a good question. Um, you know, what I would do, I always, uh, every day, I would, I, I think mental imagery is huge. You know, um, like I'll give you an example. Every day when, when I would take a shower, when I was in the shower, I, was, I would practice my victory speech. You okay. know, what I'm going to say when I win, you know, and um, okay. you got to believe it because I'm, if you don't believe it and don't get, if you can't believe it in your mind that you can win the show and that you're going to win the show, how are you going to do it? Mm. Right? You got to believe in yourself, you know, and, um, for me. And so everything I did that with, eventually came true usually. But there wasn't. So, but, 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 doubting yourself, I was never, I was never happy with what I saw. Mm. I wake up in the morning, I look in the mirror, and I'd be irritated every single time. Okay. I never looked at myself and be like, Look, I look pretty good today. I never, I never once did that. And it wasn't until I was retired and removed from it for a couple of years that I looked back on some of my old photos and old contest pictures, and I was like, Okay, I looked okay, you know, um, but uh, it, uh, I, I was so, yeah, I would say a daily basis, it was ups and downs. You know, I, in my head, I convinced myself I could win this. I'm like, I can win this, and I focused on me. I never, what I never let myself do was look at, you know, you or Kai or Phil or whoever and be like, you know, because then you start psyching yourself out, you know, because, yeah. oh, damn, you know, this, that, that shot, this shot, I never did that. I focused on me, and then that being said, I was so critical of myself that, you know, I'd get down on myself. You know, I'd go train legs and fucking go pose and look at my legs and just fucking be pissed, yeah. you know, and uh, because I had this mental image of how I wanted my legs to look and it never was there. Yeah. So um, on a daily basis, it was, a, it was a roller coaster. Did those, the days when, <clears throat> well, I mean, you said it was every day, but basically what you're saying is even when you felt bad about what it looked like or felt bad about yourself, you just, it, you never let it affect you. You kind of just went, never just let walk, it walk, walk through it. I knew, especially as my career went on, I knew just do what I knew to do, which was bust my ass in the gym and I work everybody around me, stick to my new nutrition plan 100%, practice my posing and uh, 
take care of all the all the details and i knew if i did that even if i felt like total shit and i was totally not happy with how i looked i knew if i did that it would get better okay and that's the one thing you will see improvement every week you know every week you pose like even if you may not be happy with how you look but you will see improvement yeah. and i knew if i could be at my best that i stood a chance of winning any show in the world if i could be at my best so Seth, you, you probably get a lot of these DMs the way I do. I mean, Branch, you probably also, but Seth, if you get, you get DMs from people all the time that are probably like, Oh, I, I look bad. Or do you, you guys never look bad. How come you guys are never down? How come you guys are never hard on yourself? You guys always look like you have it all together. You guys are always lean. You guys are always, I get these DMs, these DMs all the time. Right. I guess what I'm trying to get across to people is even at the highest level where Branch is or where you are, or where I am, Seth, how many days, going through a contest prep would you feel this kind of way where you're like every single day right? he just did rich just explained it to a fucking p for everybody to understand for every single young person that's 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 getting into bodybuilding uh what branch just explained is what's missing in today from any aspect of bodybuilding you are going to look at yourself every morning and have to say i need to work harder hmm. see like i grew up i grew up into bodybuilding watching branch and and, and cutler and then being becoming being able to be a part of these guys, like whenever I started coming up in my career, this is when these guys were at the pinnacle. 2009, I turned pro. Branch took second at the fucking Olympia. Like this was yeah. so. And then I, I joined the team of Muscle Tech. So I saw these guys up close when they were in their fucking zone. Yeah. Like yeah. you couldn't you could not be more tunnel vision than they were. And and the consensus was fuck everybody else, work your balls off. Yeah. And, and whenever you are get around that, it's not like you, like, you don't question it. You just do it. You like, it's, it's not, it's not what you hear. It's what you see. Um, for me, it was just like every single morning I woke up and I'm like, same thing. I'm doing my cardio regardless. I'm not going to look at myself in the mirror and be like, man, you know, I look like 5% better from yesterday. So I better back off the cardio. <laughs> nope. Nope. It was balls to the wall because I wanted to achieve something that perhaps nobody else had seen. Yeah. I knew I wasn't going to be Jay Cutler or Branch Warren or Phil Heath or anything. I was going to be me. So I have to push myself to this image that I, I'm seeing because I'm looking at my physique and I'm like, my legs aren't going to look like Branch, but my legs are going to look like mine and I'm going to make sure they're fucking diced. Yeah. They're going to have these deep, deep, deep cuts and it's going to be wild. So those things in your head, uh, like Branch saying, in the, in, and he was saying his victory speeches in the shower, I was in the I was in the shower doing the same things of thinking of what I could achieve to look like. Whenever I'm in the shower, I'm looking down at my legs and I'm like, I want that to be so deep I can stick my pinky in it. Yeah, like yeah. I want this cut in my leg to be wild. Those things uh, blocking everybody else out. And like he said, like Branch said, leading into what was it, 2009, when at the Nationals and and just look watching Tamer Al Gundy and watching Brandon Ray, the guys at that time that I was going to compete against, like it psyched me out a little bit. Yeah, it yeah. fucked me up for a few days to the point where I'm like, like if you let doubt get into your head, it will stay there for a while. Mm -hmm. So I just pushed myself. You just the mentality that I'm not going to stop. Okay, so that's kind of the that's the, that's kind of the point I was trying to get to. So you said if you look at yourself and you look five percent better, it doesn't mean you're going to take a day off, right? What if you wake up and you're like, I look 50% worse today. I look like dog shit. Did you ever look at yourself and go, were, were you ever so unhappy that it made you like lay up on the couch and not move? Did you ever experience a deal? It's okay if you didn't. Fuck no. No. <laughs> Fuck no. No. Dude, if I ever woke up and I looked worse, I'm fucking going to fix it. 
that day right then, right there, yeah. I'm going to evaluate what the fuck is doing wrong, and I'm going to fix it and go make it right. So yeah. and I, I didn't give a fuck, man. That means I got to do five hours of cardio and fucking train five times that day. Guess what? See you tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gone. So, I mean, and I think yeah, that, but that's that. the point. But that's because the point I'm trying not, to get not to. Not doing giving up. That's giving up because to me, yeah. the only thing worse than failure was quitting. Yeah. I think that's the point I'm trying to get to because a lot of people, I think, get discouraged. And instead of trying to figure out a solution to, to why they're discouraged and why they look the way they look, they just throw in the towel. And they don't, they may, it may only, they may only, may only throw in the towel for that day, but it's like they just wasted a day being depressed instead of going and trying to fix it. Mental toughness, man. We all have days like that where things, you know, maybe you feel like you went backwards or something for whatever reason. And, you know, we all know when you're on a contest diet, it's hard to look at yourself objectively, especially when you start cutting your carbs and doing that kind of stuff. That's why it pays that one person in your court that knows what they're looking at and trust and will give you the honest opinion. Even if it's going to piss you off or hurt your feelings or whatever, mm. you need that one person that will shoot you straight. And at the end of the day, you respect that person because they shoot you straight. But you can't give up. I mean, dude, shit happens. You know, whether you get an injury or, you know, you got a bad day, whatever. I mean, that's life, dude. I mean, yeah. you got to pick yourself up out of bootstraps and keep going because yeah. uh, it'll get better because you are, at the end of the day, you're in control of you. And your physique, you can do, your physique will do what you make it do. You know, so and and what what he was up. I'll, I'll jump right off of that. What what yeah. Grant's saying, like uh, for for me, whenever if I woke up and I looked significantly worse, more than likely it was because I was deficient in something. Because I was doing fucking two hours of cardio a day, I was perfect in every sense of the word. Listening to my coach, and then there'd be a time I woke up and I'm like, man, I am holding this crazy water. Or I'm like, man, what's going on? I'm flat as can be. Like there's. There's, there's, there's this shit sitting between my, my hamstrings and glutes. Mm-hmm. And then that's whenever having somebody in your court, a good coach, and I'd be like, hey, dude, what is going on? And he's like, you need some food. We need to fill you back up. You, need, you're not, you didn't get enough sodium in. We're pushing you a little hard. Like, and that's how delicate the body is with bodybuilding, and that's the importance of having a good coach and knowing you and working together and communicating. But, uh, you know, if, if you're not strict, if you're not – if you are not – perfect in every sense of the word and every single aspect of bodybuilding, you'll have these crazy up and downs with your physique. Yeah. But if you're consistent, you'll see it go up and get better and better. And then you'll be like, Oh, something happened. More than likely you need something, whether it be a high calorie meal, a cheat meal, or just a rest day, just stop fucking working. Yeah. But that's pushing your body to the limits and going as far as it can go. Okay. So you say that about bodybuilding, but now you're in business. So, and we're applying all the bodybuilding stuff to our business. So, in business, when you have those low days, it's not always in, in your control or your fault. So are there days where you may look at your sales numbers and go, oh, what did I do today? Did I do something wrong? Did I do like, <laughs> yeah, like that. So, <laughs> so what do you do when, when you, have, you have one day that's like here and you're like, I crushed it today, right? And then you have like, it goes like that for a few days and then you have a day where you're like, where is everybody? So I'll let, with you, I'll let you start, Branch. Where, what happened? If you've had those days, what do you do on those days? Is it just like bodybuilding or no? Uh, yeah, I mean, you have ups and downs. I mean, you know, with, with business, there's so many other factors involved. You know, bodybuilding, it's you. you know, it's yeah. your training, diet, nutrition, this kind of thing. You know, with business, there's so many other factors, you know, that play into that. Um, usually, you know, if the sales go down, then we look at it. Okay, look at the marketing, you know, see what's going on. Look at you, talk to your wholesalers, you know, and retailers and things. And, uh, see what it is and you try to identify the cause of why it's going down and then you address it you know do you need to change your marketing you know do you need to uh, run a special you know put something on sale 
you know, what is it you need to do to address it? And uh, it's a very similar process. You know, if you're looking at your, like stuff, saying, you know, you wake up, you're flat, or you're holding water, or whatever. Okay, you look at your request, you assess the situation. Okay, this is what's wrong. Okay, how do I fix it? And you do the same thing with business and uh, come up with a plan to fix it. So, Seth, you don't have a day where you're just like uh, throwing the towel, F it today. I'm taking a day off. Oh, my God. In the beginning, I was terrified. <laughs> in the beginning, you're scared as fuck, you know, because you, before you do anything, you really don't know the numbers of other businesses and how they operate. And, and, you, and you're like, oh, if I get ask somebody for advice, they're just going to tell me it's going to be really hard. Yeah. And you're probably going to fuck up and this and that. And um, it's hard to get objective advice from it. But for me, uh, whenever we have those down days, those when those occurred, it was like, okay, you can't freak out. Freaking out and a drastic, a drastic reaction is the last thing I want to do. So, you, and that's just time and looking at the business. Because if you're having, say you have a down day every Friday, mm-hmm. you notice that there's like a 25% decrease in sales whether it be from direct consumer or your retailers or whatever, you're like, so you have that every Friday for like 10 months. Yeah. And like, so Friday's the fuck or 10 weeks. And you're like, so Friday's the day when things go down. Yeah. What can I do on Fridays to continue to keep that up at the level so I can maintain that dollar amount that I have. So I have consistent numbers all the time, every time. And, or this is just the expectation. Yeah. Or you might have a day where you're increased at 35 or 40% on Mondays or Sunday nights or whatever. What is it? that you're having these increases and they, they can, and then your average dollar value per day. Yeah. So you just learn your business, take your time. And then like Rand said, dude, if you see something, you talk to your team or you figure out how you could do some marketing on that day, or was there, is there a place that I need to spend money on ads or what is it that you're doing? Um, <clears throat> and it's just part of building it, being patient. Yeah. If you're not patient, you're fucked. So and, and you gotta be, and you just have to pay attention. Yeah. It's not business isn't business isn't hard. Business is as difficult as bodybuilding. You just got to pay attention. Yeah. If you can pay attention and work really hard, you'll be successful. Be able so, to make adjustments. So it's the same answer then from both of you in bodybuilding and in business. There's no, there's never a day where you're like defeated. Nope. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. I don't want to, I don't want to do anything than what I'm doing now. So I'm not going to take no for an answer. I'll, I'll just, I got to keep pushing. Have to. But I guess what I'm saying is, is there a day where, how can I put it? Where you're just like, you know what? I need today off. It's like, things aren't going the way I want to. I'm going to come back tomorrow and come at this hundred percent. Does that exist? Or are you guys like on all day long? Cause for uh, me, for me personally, honestly, if, if I'm beating my head against the wall against for something, that's not working. I may just eventually go, you know what? I need a day to recover and I'm going to come back at this a different way. Oh yeah. I take, I take time to myself when I'm like, okay, this is going to piss me off if I continue to stare at this motherfucking number. Mm. And then I need to, might need to step away from, step away from it for a while. But, um, I'm so, I'm so consumed, uh, by my work that it, I mean, it's not a problem at home yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it could turn into a problem soon, but, uh, but whenever, uh, but whenever I have those moments, I just go find something else in my life to be able to remove my head from business for fucking, whether it's an hour or five hours, but I'm going to return to it with maybe a little bit more of a clear head, a clear thought process. Because if it's that, you know, the, the saying, like if, if an ax isn't sharp, then you're just beating it against a bunch of wood. So it, you need to make sure that you stay sharp, you stay keen, but you also be persistent with work. And if you need to take a few hours and 
come back because the problem is still going to fucking be there whether uh, whether I do it now or I do it later. It's not going anywhere. It's a fucking problem. Yeah. So I just have to figure out how to do it. And, and if there is something that's got the best of me, I'll step away for a few hours and then come right back to it. Yeah. Branch, there's something you said when you were talking earlier about this. You said when you're talking about bodybuilding, you said about working hard and staying in your lane. And I think that's lost on everybody nowadays because, because there's so much information and there's so much to see of everybody that I think for a lot of people, it's hard to stay in your lane. And I think when you said it, you meant like you weren't watching anybody else. You were just watching yourself and what you were doing. How can you explain to people how they could do that nowadays with so much information in front of them? Like, how do you do a show and not look at what somebody else is doing when it's like there in your hand all day long, right? Because you know what? What somebody else is doing doesn't matter. You know, when I was training for so, it doesn't matter what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> it's so <a> matter of <laughs> fact, <laughs> Seth. You can fuck. I love it. Go ahead. Go on. Sorry. <laughs> no, you know, it don't fucking matter. It don't matter what the fuck they were doing or say or Kai. Give a fuck what they do, you know? And um, I could care less because, you know, guess what? All I'm in control of is me. You know, I can focus on my training. I can focus on my nutrition. I can focus on my posing. I can focus on all the things that matter on me. And if, if, I, if I put 100% of my attention and focus on me, then I'll be that much better. Mm. I'm so worried about what everybody else is doing. Well, I, first of all, I can't control who's in the damn show. I can't control how they look or anything else about it. So why would I waste any energy or time or thought on shit I can't control? Yeah. And, you know, and I, I had enough confidence in myself to know that if I can be my absolute best, then I stand a pretty good shot of doing well. And uh, that's what I did. And so I just wouldn't, to me, it was like negative energy. I mean, yeah. I'm thinking about, okay, oh, shit, how's Jay look or how's this person look or whatever. Dude, fuck that. I don't give a fuck how he looks. Ain't nothing, you know, whatever. And uh, yeah. I show up and I'm worried about Branch. Branch shows up and that's all that matters. But I guess what I'm, I guess I'll come at it from a different way. So did you ever at any point go, let's say somebody started with a new coach or somebody was trying a new type of training or somebody was doing something. Did you ever look at anything and say, oh, you know, maybe I should try that. Or were you just, you're like, I got it. I know what I'm doing. You know, people, you know, people might not train. Right? What are people? Oh, you know, I had people, even when I was at the top of my game, tell me, oh, you need training right. I'm like, motherfucker. You can't win the fucking local junkyard bodybuilding contest from the Podunk USA, and you're telling me I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm like, I'm not changing a damn thing, you know. I mean, and it just—it was amazing to me that people would, after you actually succeeded and were doing well, how many people start telling you you were doing it all wrong, yeah. you know? And um, it never—I never changed. I mean, uh, the only time I I changed anything was in '09 when um, I started working with George, and. Um, I knew I, I just knew I needed to make a little change because what I was doing, I just need to get that one more step up to mm-hmm. really do what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, basically what George did was have me eat more food. Yeah. You know, um, I thought I ate a lot of food, but I was, I would have never eaten as much food as I did for that show that year. If it not been for George, I would have been afraid to, I mean, cause I was thinking, how the hell am I going to get shape eating this much food? And it turned out to be one of the easiest diets I ever did because I was never really hungry. Yeah. And, um, it was great and I felt great. I looked great and energy, everything, strength, everything was great. And um, so that was the only time I really made any change to what I did. Mm-hmm. And that's because I knew I needed something else. And it took a lot. I, I went back and forth with George for a long time before I agreed to, you know, turn over control of my nutrition because nutrition is more important than training. Up, you know, it's yeah. 78% of the equation is your nutrition. So, yeah, I did that. But that wasn't because of what anyone else was doing. I could mm-hmm. care less, you know, whatever else is doing. I mean. I'd always done it myself, and um, yeah. because uh, you know I, I didn't. Nobody knows knew me and my body better than me, 
So uh, it was a huge, a huge step for me personally to, you know, trust someone else with, with my nutrition. And um, so, yeah, I never, uh, what everybody else did, whatever the latest fad, fad was or gimmick or whatever the fuck, really the latest trainer was, I could care less. Yeah. So, Seth, what do you, you, you see all these new things online, man. Some guys are Seth doing, cracking up. Some, some guys are doing all. <laughs> this is, if anybody, every, anybody that has never heard Branch, speak like this this is a this is the mindset in which molds you to be a hardened motherfucker well that's why this i like having is, him on the show because he just oh tells, man it's just like that right and that's so what I think. Reflecting. there's no there's no gimmicks there's no bullshit because it's at the end of the day like like uh like how he was saying like didn't you don't give a fuck yeah. if you if you can attain that uh characteristic in yourself to not give a fuck and focus on yourself great things are going to occur mm. great things but for you, when you don't get coming, distracted. But when you were coming up, Seth, you were—I want to say—a little younger than everybody else, and you—you oh, yeah. you had reached a higher level at a younger age. So obviously, when you're younger, you're probably a little more—you're influenced more easily. Oh, listen, for me, it was a bit different because I was on the fast track. I believe that that was the reason that I'm in the position I'm in right now, uh, being a retired bodybuilder and not a current uh, active pro. I think that uh, I was young and immature. I had instant success early on in my career. And it w that whole thing of like, for as quick as success comes, it can be taken away from you. And, and I lived that. Um, I'm fortunate that it happened in a day of age of like being able to be successful outside of bodybuilding from even though a short lived career that I had. Mm -hmm. um, the mentality of the training and the being a bodybuilder, I've always loved. The competition got the best of me. My home life played a role in a lot of things but in the sense of uh of like like i said for as quick as this came for me it was taken away um but uh when it comes to my success it was because i got paired with a coach who our personalities instantly clicked um and he was able to take me and my mentality of training and and just I didn't give a fuck, dude. I was willing to do anything that he said I was doing. Yeah. And then as I developed and we had long conversations on a regular basis to help me learn my body and help. He taught me how to understand my body that much quicker. And then I was also open to telling him everything about myself and my feelings and all, all quick updates with, with all the pictures. And he was able to pay attention and learn my body incredibly quickly as well. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, I think the short-lived career is is also one of the reasons that uh, I had quick success, and then that's the reason I had a short-lived career because I wasn't mentally prepared for the loss. But what I wasn't I mean, mentally prepared for not hearing uh, not hearing that I did well. What I was what I was trying to get at was at a young age. So, were you looking around, or were you just like, I'm just going to do whatever my coach tells me to. I don't care about all these other things I'm seeing. This is what I'm doing. I was tunnel visioned. I didn't care what anybody else was doing because um, I knew I could train. I knew I could train harder than, than anybody I was going to train with. That's the mentality that I had. And I was like, I want this so bad. I'm willing to do whatever. And then I had one of the best coaches in the industry start working with me. So at that point that I'm like, I mm -mm, fuck everybody. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and just, I got, I became tunnel visioned and I, I knew personally that like what my, what I was capable in the thought, the vision that I had. And when I saw other amateurs turning pro or, or a look, I was like, I can definitely be that. Yeah. So that was the, uh, I think today, I think a lot of people think way too much. Yeah. I feel like people look around a lot. The, the reason I brought it up, well, one, I wanted to kind of indicate to people that are watching younger guys watching that 
when you're confident in what you're doing, you're not going to be watching everybody. But the other reason I brought it up is in your businesses, you're not like, let's, how can I put this? So as bodybuilders, you guys were at the very top of the game, very top, top, like Seth, you were at the top of the 212 for a little while. Like when you first came out, everybody had really high hopes for you being the very, very mm-hmm. top thing, yeah. branch. You're second at the Olympia. When it comes to business, there are millions of companies and you're not at the very, very top. None of us are, we're all shooting for that. Is there any looking around or is there just, nope, same strategy. I know what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. And there's no wavering from it. For me, I mean, we definitely have market awareness. You know, we, you got to know who your competitors are. You got to know where they're, uh, how they're marketing and where they're, uh, they're being sold at and how they're doing. So yeah, we definitely pay attention to competitors and, uh, you know, I, trying to bring out a new product and being the first in the marketplace with a new product is, you know, that's a big deal. And especially, you know, something that's developed as a beef turkey market. So um, they definitely, that's a different mentality, you know, because you have to pay attention to what everybody else is doing, trends, what the, you know, what the consumers want, mm-hmm. these kind of things. So you gotta, you gotta pay attention to what everybody else is doing and what the market, what the market trends are. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's a different, different mentality, you know? Is- um, yeah. We're focused on us, obviously, but you focus on the competitors and, and of course the consumers. So it's a much different, uh, much different situation. Is that hard for you, Branch? Because you're, you, you were so sure of everything as a bodybuilder. And it's like, not that you're not sure, I guess sure is the wrong word, but it, it's a different, different mentality now. So is that hard for you? Or is it just, it's been an easy transition? Uh, yeah, it's been kind of scary. Like Seth said, like Seth said it's a it's scary title, man. I mean, you start a new, new business and, uh, you know, I, my world is, you know, fitness world, you know, that kind of stuff. And, um, so I'm stepping out in something that's beef turkey, dude. That's totally new world, you know. So uh, you know, it, it took a. It's like you know, you, you jump jumping out of airplane. Best way I can describe it: you're getting ready to jump out of airplane for the first time, and you got a parachute, and you're like, "Hope this motherfucker opens up." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, yeah. you take that leap of faith, and you just believe in yourself, and you have your faith, and hope that uh, hope that it works, you know, because you do your due you do your due diligence, and yeah. you know, you come up with a. I call it a, it's a calculated risk. It's not a gamble, you know, um, calculated risk. You know what the chances are of success and um, you did your homework and you think you have a re- very reasonable chance of success. So you, uh, you move forward. But it's funny. It is a leap of faith because, you know, we just started hostile and I didn't know, like, you don't really know you do, you know, you do, you all, your cal- you do all your calculations, you see your following, you see, but you don't really know what's going to happen when you put, you place your first order nope. for your products. You're like, is anyone going to buy this stuff? Or am I going to be sitting on like a hundred thousand dollars worth of product with no one to sell it to? <laughs> like you just don't, you know what I mean? Like Seth, thing, bro. Seth, did you go through that day one or were you pretty sure of yourself when you, cause I know you came, you came on differently though. Cause Seth, you had, you had some pretty good uh, market research, I guess you could say because of previous companies you were with and you knew what your code was doing. You knew how many fans you had kind of buying into who you were. So well, it's, think- it's like Branch said, the calculated risk. Yeah. Uh, people can look at all three of us and every bodybuilder that turned into a business owner as fucking stupid meatheads. Yeah. We can sit here and look at Branch and say, if you watch him in the gym and then go, you know, he runs a multi-million dollar company. People are going to be like, that fucking guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that dude. And then the same thing goes for us. Like we joke around and we have all this, but the fact that we have uh, it, um, <clears throat> we're not stupid you have to pay attention. You have to be very, you just analyze the ever loving shit out of it. And I simplify that by saying, pay attention. 
Yeah. You know, if I stare, if I look at like Grant said, market trends, see what other companies are doing, you have to, you have to be able to pay attention to what is occurring in the, in, in the industry simply because your consumers are going to let you know through purchase, through the, through the dollar amount, through those statistics, those numbers, those statistics will tell you. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but again, like, like, you were your the question you're getting to is is like watching other people and how and how does that make you feel when a company you see a company have uber success or you see something occur what does that do to the feelings inside um i mean it, it has to be a driving force yeah it has to be if you use it as a defeating as a defeating uh, a way of being defeated you won't be successful business was not meant for you because business is way more intense and full of way more sharks and savages than bodybuilding, than fitness, than anything you'll meet. Because in business, it's big fucking money. Yeah. yeah. This is how people are feeding their families. And and there is a, there is a level of respect that every owner has to have for one another. Um, but it is very intense and you have to pay attention to every little detail. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I, I absolutely love it. I've, I find myself like, that's a, pretty much it's all I do now. Yeah. Uh, but um yeah. Do you guys in- do you guys thrive under the pressure or do you let me ask you this. So let me let me pose the question this way. Are you happier when the pressure of the business is mounting even if it's doing well, I'm not saying it's doing poorly, or are you happier when things are kind of just smooth sailing and you can kind of hang back? I thrive under pressure. Yeah. 100%. I'm at my best when there's the more pressure is the better I am whether it was bodybuilding or business or whatever. When things are good, everything's rolling and coasting. That ain't good for Branch. You Branch need needs you need the, the excitement. When the wolf is that's when the wolf is at the door and the roof is on fire and the floods come at the same time. Uh, that's when Branch is at his best. So comes through. Everything, everything, <laughs> fucking sunshine and rainbows. Uh, that ain't good. Really? That's I, that's it. What do you think, Seth? Are you the same way? I'm assuming you're the same way. I I I, uh, I thrive. I thrive on releases. I thrive on our on our releases with All American Roughneck. I love the whole process of the new product coming out. I love doing it all because it's so intense that it's it brings something out in me that I'm like, I didn't even know I could feel like this. Like the night before a big release, the the morning of, like there's there's things that I do that I have like little morning rituals. I have all this stuff because it it brings a feeling out that I'm like, this is fucking intense. Yeah. You know, and I run I run the marketing here with 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 Mike and I. And it's like, whenever it comes to those days, I'm like, man, this is it. Here comes everything that we put into it. The team, everybody put their effort in. It was a, a whole group effort. We're going to see what happens. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. It's intense. See, there's a, there's a thing for me where I'm like, I hate, I can see the pressure mounting and I fucking hate it. I but, I, but I always, and I can see it like coming over the hill. I'm like, oh shit. But I work better under pressure, even though I don't. Like, I don't like it, but I rise, like, it's almost like I rise to the occasion. Like, I know I have to. So it's, uh, it's almost like if I don't work, I don't eat. You know what I'm saying? This Mm -hmm. is like, it's not really a, it's not really a choice, right? Oh, yeah. I'm the same. You phrased it very well. I don't like it, but I'm way better when I'm under pressure. And like you said, when you see it coming, I'm like, fuck, you know, (laughs) you don't like it. I ain't looking forward to it, but I always do better. You can rise to it. Yeah. Yeah. So what's going on with the families guys? So Seth, you are a new father. How many, how many months is it now? Two months? Two months. I have a little boy. I have a yeah. Seth 
Jr. I'm she so was good. nice enough to let me name him after myself. I was just going to say, I'm so, I'm so jealous that you have a junior. I always wanted a junior. It, it's like, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. I'm excited. Uh, you know, that the whole thing of having a boy compared to a girl, I still have that same connection like that because he's just a little baby. Um, you know, you still love him the same. You still snuggle him the same. I'm still goofy as all fuck. Um, but it's, it's really exciting. And the family, uh, everything, we're a very tight-knit group. Um, we're always together, you know, with the gymnastics and, and everything we do. But it's been absolutely awesome. I'm excited to just keep watching him grow and then – I get to have a little boy. I'm going to torture the fuck out of him. It's going to be how, awesome. <laughs> how, how much pressure or how hard is it having three kids? Oh, three's a fucking lot, dude. Yeah. Three's way more. Three is way more than I thought it was going to be. There's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but your oldest, your oldest daughter can probably take care of the baby, right? Oh, how, dude. How old is she? She's 12. She'll be 13. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it, like I said, dude, life is gold at home. She, uh, she helps out Emmy, my six-year-old. She helps out a ton. Um, it's just, it, it's just a lot. Like we need to go big. We need to go get a big, big family vehicle. Yeah. You know, we got to get a big family vehicle and, and uh, it, life is changing a little bit. The, the three kids is, it is a lot. It's a it's lot. A, <laughs> it's a lot. It's, it's interesting how though it's all, it's funny how things kind of work out the way they're supposed to. Like if you hadn't had, if you weren't in the position you were in business wise, it w maybe it wouldn't be such a it'd be a lot more stressful i guess is what i'm trying to say but you have oh, you know think oh, you have yeah. kind of set yourself set up a little bit so now even if you had another kid you'd probably still be okay you know what i mean like if you had four running around oh yeah there's there's there uh, i don't i'm not in any hurry to have four i mean i wouldn't <laughs> mind more uh, i love kids dude i don't have any problems uh with with it uh, the kids are happy and healthy uh, hannah's a great person she's wonderful so my life is very all I have to do is go to work and be a dad. I can do those two things really fucking well. Yeah. Branch, you have a daughter? Any, yes. She's any, eight. any plans for any more or is, are you good with that? No, we, we, we practicing like hell. <laughs> Hoping it'll happen. So. Uh, uh, you know, I would love to have another one. Um, you know, I'd like to have a boy. You know, I wanted a boy and a girl. Uh, yeah. You know, we've been trying. So hopefully, uh, God willing, we'll, uh, We'll be blessed with another one, you know, boy and girl, either one, I don't care. Are you, worried, are, you, smart. are you worried that they might be too far apart or you don't, doesn't, don't think it matters? No, I don't think it matters. You know, yeah. it's not thinking away, you know, Faith would be is old enough. She could definitely help out. And she wants a little, she wants a baby sister. Yeah. So, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll have one. Yeah. So if not, we're going to practice like crazy people until <laughs> hopefully it happens. Yeah. Seth, are you still practicing or are you like, are you shut it down for a little while? Uh, it's been, we're, 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 <laughs> we got the clear and uh, I got to be careful. Uh, you know, I'm a fertile motherfucker. Apparently you better go back on it. One fucking night in Vegas. God knows. You better go back on another cycle, man. Just slow that shit down. <sighs> it fucking, uh, but no, we're, uh, yeah, it was intense. We're, uh, cause, cause she even said, she's like, I had a dream. I was pregnant. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. After she had the baby. She yeah. Like, like like three days ago, because we, <laughs> we started going back at it. We got the clear. It was like yeah. last week we got the clear. And I'm like, fuck, you already had the dream that you're pregnant? <laughs> How long did you have to take off after the baby was born? I don't know. I don't, know any, I don't know any of these things. So I don't have any kids. Six, so. six fucking long, horrendous weeks. Was there other activities or was it just you and your hand? Horrible. 
no, I, I made sure that I was very giving in other ways of presence and whatever she needed because I have needs. And, uh, you know, sometimes I just forget to have a towel walking around the, the bedroom at certain times. I'd let her know that I was in need. Uh, <laughs> so I might have been a little too needy at times, but fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do nothing for you, babe. This, you're in this boat alone. I'm in my own boat. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> um, all right, guys, listen, I want to, uh, I don't want to keep you guys too much longer. I know you guys are both busy men, but I asked people to leave some, uh, some questions. Do you guys answer, mind answering some questions from people? Yeah, of course. Be cool. Okay. Uh, I took the liberty of grabbing a few of them. Let's see here. We'll start with this one. Oh, you know what we didn't discuss that we should discuss really quickly? Did you guys watch the Tampa, the Tampa bodybuilding show this weekend? I did. You did? I, I wanted to go over it really quickly. What did you guys think of the placings? Let's start, <laughs> let's start, let's start there with the placings because Hunter won, Ian took second, and Dwayne Walker took third. And there was a little bit of controversy with Dwayne Walker because a lot of people, some people had him winning and some people had him in second. I want to know what you guys think of the show. Well, congratulations to Hunter, first of all. Um, I've known Hunter. He actually won my show down in Houston as an amateur. It qualified him to go to the Nationals. And uh, I've, um, you know, the history with Hunter and his family. So as a teenager, Lita Brada had a big show down in Houston. And uh, when I was coming up and I actually won his show, I did the, the teenage, and I was in the open as a teenager, 103. And uh, I met him. And uh, his father gave me some advice. And he was super cool. I remember uh, as a kid, he said, if you ever had any questions or advice, man, you know, give me a call. Yeah. And I uh, actually called him and he actually called me back and I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. You know, one of the top, I think the time price second or third in the world. And uh, yeah. so his dad's a class act and uh, Hunter followed the same footsteps as his father and he came up and, you know, congratulations to him. As far as the places go, uh, from what I could see now, I will say this, pictures and videos don't always tell the whole story. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes people, you know, like Dorian, for example, he never looked as good in videos and pictures as he did in person. If you ever saw Dorian compete in person, it was a freaking knockout punch. Yeah. Um, you know, videos, he's like, well, how the hell did he be teaching Flex and Kevin and all these people? But um, from what I could see from the video and the pictures, I think it was, I think it was Hunter's shoulder win. He was yeah. polished. Uh, the conditioning was good, you know, especially from the rear. He he uh, was tighter in the glutes and all these areas. So I um, thought he looked really well. Mm -hmm. um, Ian and Dwayne, from what I could see, Ian's tan was not good. His mm -hmm. tan was off uh, pretty bad. In the morning, that, yeah. That, that, yeah, that, that hurt him in the prejudging. Uh, I thought... I thought, from what I could see, Dwayne probably should have. They should have flip flopped. Yeah. I thought Dwayne should have maybe been second, Ian third, uh, from the pictures. Uh, Ian, you know, he's got great arms and shoulders. I think his chest needs to come up. You know, I think that hurt him from the front a little bit, and yeah. he just wasn't quite as tight, in my opinion, as, as Dwayne was. And um, I thought, I thought Dwayne looked a little bit better. Yeah. Do you think Ian's posing could? I feel like Ian's posing hurts him a little bit. Ian just wasn't polished. He's had a combination of the tanning. Uh, opposing and you know he needed to be a little bit tighter I think those factors I think uh, is what hurt him you know he's a huge guy and he's got a ton of muscle on him um, you know that's when you're going into the show I was like well we'll see you know how Hunter does because Ian's so much so much bigger but you know size-wise Hunter hung with him yeah and uh and did well what do you think Seth did you kind of did you see all the pictures in the videos or see anything oh yeah I, I paid attention to the whole thing Branch Branch made every point necessary the uh it was Hunter's show to lose um, I don't think that either – I don't think Ian or Dwayne had what Hunter had. Um, I think in the morning, Hunter 
it, it, everybody in that show, those top three guys, they weren't out of shape. Yeah. It's not like they were fat or holding fat or anything like it. You saw that I think the, the uh, being polished, it was a number of things. If it was, if, if those guys weren't in good shape, their nerves, cause you saw the nerves get the best of them. Yeah. You saw the nerves. It was a big first show back. Um, they both, everybody came back better in the evening. Like it was a, it was your typical bodybuilding show of how things as how things go, because no one wants to spill over in the morning. Nobody wants to fuck up the prejudging. They'd rather come in a little bit harder. Um, you know, <clears throat> but, uh, I think that, I think Ian needs to be a lot more polished. Uh, and, and I think that uh, when he, when he does go through this and with experience, I think he's only going to get better and better. Um, but Dwayne, I think, I think had him, I think he, I think he, he, he should have been second and Ian should have been third, but I think Hunter coming back in the evening, it was hands down Hunter's show. Hunter won that show. Um, go ahead, sir. And, but I think that, I think that, uh, you know, I saw people freaking out online and everybody had something to say about it. I'm like, man, all three of these guys were in shape. They were all in really good shape. And when they came back at night, you're like, fuck yeah, this is, this is what we wish prejudging would have been. Um, so I think there was a lot of scrutiny because it was the first show back and everybody got to see it, um, which is good for the sport. It's good news that that many people were watching and paying attention. Uh, but, um, I think that, over time, they're all going to get better because they're all young bodybuilders. Mm-hmm. They're all early in the, in, in, if you want to call it inexperienced, inexperienced yeah. in the pros or however you want to put it. Um, but I think they're only going to get better and better. Yeah. Way better. I, I think Ian was in shape. He was, just, he was really flat in the morning. And you could tell by his front double bicep. Every time he pulled up to do a front double, his chest would disappear. Yep. Because yeah. it, just wasn't, it just wasn't hanging over his rib cage the way it normally is. You know, <laughs> five days ago, he would have been like, oh, fuck. That's right. And he said, he said to me, cause I interviewed him the night before and he goes, you know, we always have trouble filling out, but I think we got it this time. But I, I did feel like he was flat in the morning at night. He looked better. The reason I had him in second is I thought Dwayne Walker looked great, but I felt like he was a little shallow in the legs. I felt yeah. like he, he needed, like when they turned to the side, Ian just had so much more hamstring drop and such a thicker quad that I'm like, if Dwayne Walker had thicker legs, he might've been contending for first. Uh, and, and, and that goes into being there in person as well. Yeah. Like, like, like Brad said, if you're in person, you'll be like, ah, there it yeah. is. There it is. Yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah. How's I'll leave it there. What do you guys think about, I know some people, I, actually I'm going to leave my statement out, but what do you guys think about Hunter and the Olympia and his, uh, his chances this year and his placings in the future, as far as an, as an Olympia competitor? I think Hunter is still in his twenties, if I'm correct. He's a young guy. Yeah. Uh, he won his first pro show, which is a huge accomplishment yeah. to do. I think, Seth, you won your first five or something, um, yeah. which is almost unheard of. But um, I think he's got a very, very, very bright future ahead of him. You know, the guy's young. I know, I know him personally. He's a hard worker. Uh, he's squared away. You know, he's got a, got a family. And um, he's just, you know, he's, he's probably the closest to that old school mentality that there is out there right now. You know, he's, uh, he puts his head to the grindstone and he's got tunnel vision and he does what he has to do. And uh, I think you give him some time, he'll be one of the top guys in the world. You know, this year at the Olympia, he's still got some areas he needs to bring up. You know, um, I'm being hypercritical here because yeah. that's what our sport is. Yeah. But uh, he's got to bring his chest up. His chest is, uh, needs more thickness. That back has got to come up. He needs more separation, more detail in his back. And then the other thing he needs to bring up are hamstrings. Hamstrings are not separated. He's got great quads, you know, from the front, the side. Legs look incredible. From the rear, those hamstrings, 
They need, to be, they need to be stripped. For those people who don't know what he means, he doesn't need to have that stripped look in the in between so the hamstrings. Why, why does this all sound so much better coming from Branch than any internet troll? <laughs> because <laughs> credibility matters. That's why. <laughs> it does. Like the way he, the, it was so eloqu- eloquently put that I'm like, man, he just explained the guy like, and he was saying being hypercritical, but like, like Hunter has a huge bright future in the sport. I think that. I think that if he stays healthy and he does what he needs to do with, I think, you know, with his dad's tutelage and, and his, and him con- continuing to stay on track, that dude's going to be a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Very bad. It's uh, it, it's funny. You said that Seth, because I think it's funny how people, everybody wants to be a critic and only a few get to be critics is in my opinion, because you can watch the sport and be a fan and say things, but I feel like, you don't get to, you don't get to say whatever you want about anybody and have people listen to it unless you've been there or done that. You know what I'm saying? So when branch says it, you're like, okay, we have a, you know, the best in the world and he's breaking it down objectively, right? There's no emotion. There's no nothing. And I feel like that's the problem when you look online is there's a lot of emotion in a lot of people's critiques. And it's like, if you just leave the emotion out, we can hear what is actually there. You know what I mean? So. And, and the thing is, if people hear that, it's like the guy won the show. In my opinion, he won it hands down. It was his show to lose. And he, he won it, you know, he walked away with it, in my opinion. But, you know, when he's going to go to the Olympia stage, that's a different, yeah. that's a different group of guys. And, uh, you know, I think Hunter will be a top five bodybuilder in the world eventually. Uh, yeah. He just needs more time, like I say, more time under tension. He's got to yeah. be more, more grounded in the gym and bring up. He knows what he, he knows. What, he's a smart guy. He knows what he needs to bring up, and um, he'll bring him up. I really young uh, enough, he can he can do it. I really like Hunter's work ethic. I got to train with him at uh, at John Meadows with John Meadows at the, his gym there in Ohio, and uh, he doesn't. He's there, like he's there to work. He's not there to fool around. He's not there. He's it, and he knows what he's doing. He's not like oh, my coach said to do this. He's like no, we're doing this because of this. Like he's very smart, very hardworking, very respectful, and uh, yeah, I think he's gonna go a really long way. Um, he's young enough. He's got 10, 15 years ahead of him. He's yeah. Been, yeah. I think he's you know. 28. I think he said he was 28. So, I mean, he's yeah. hasn't even reached his peak yet. Uh, okay. Um, dealing with life's hard times and staying consistent. Any tips? We kind of covered that earlier. Have you had any experiences with parents that don't support or understand your passion for bodybuilding? Did you guys ever deal with any of that? My, uh, my mother pretty much raised me. Um, my father, he's, he, he's, he couldn't understand it. He's like, why are you lifting weights and you're not getting paid? You know, but to him, that just sounds the most stupidest shit ever. Um, she eventually kind of came around, but, uh, my mother, my mother was super supportive. You know, her thing was like, all right, I'm working. She saw how hard I worked as a kid and you know, how strict I was with the food. And, you know, I started buying my own food because it was expensive. And, you know, I'll tell you a story. When I got rid of my first competition, I said, mom, I got to eat chicken and potatoes. And uh, so she made fried chicken and mashed potatoes. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, Mom, I said, I can't eat this. Well, you said chicken and potatoes. I said, Mom, this ain't good food. And she goes, who means it's not good food? You eat this your whole life. And she got pissed. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it myself. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I started oh. my own stuff. So uh, I'm buying it too. So, but she came around and understood it. And, you know, my mom was, until she got out of, you know, bad health, she was at every show, front and center. And, uh, you know, my, my biggest fan. So she uh, – well, once she saw, I don't, she didn't understand it at first, but once she saw, okay, once I turned pro and started doing well, 
that's the guy. He's yeah. he's got it figured out. So that's cool. What about you, Seth? Any issues? No, my parents were super supportive. They they even though there was times where they thought it was stupid, uh, they thought it was a little bit like, hey man, like you know, not everybody gets to turn pro. You know, that's yeah. there's a good chance it might not happen. And I'm like, yeah, but there's a chance that it will happen. So, but they were always supportive. You know, the food, the dieting, the the everything. Like, um, uh, they let me know that it was a little far fetched, but there wasn't a time that they weren't supportive. They were at they were at all my shows. Um, you know, whether no matter where they were, they flew to them. Uh, they made sure we were there. So, yeah, they were very supportive. Uh, you know, people that uh, that think their parents telling them that it's fucking stupid. Or like Brand said, you're not getting paid. Why the fuck you doing it? Um, they think that oh, you're on a diet. I feel bad for you. Or why are you doing that? It's really stupid. I think that's a they're 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 taking that as a negative when it's actually their parents are just looking out for them. Yeah, yeah. Their parents just want them, they want the best for their kid, and they know that not everybody's going to turn pro. Mm -hmm. They know that not everybody's going to have success. Why are you doing it? All yada yada yada. Um, and that's just part of growing up. I think that's part of just learning relationships with people and and understanding where to put people and what to talk to people about and how to communicate with them. Because whenever I hear, Oh, you're on a diet that sucks. I'm like, yeah, but I like waking up and fucking being shredded, yeah. looking nasty, yeah. having veins in my ass cheeks. Who can say that? <laughs> Those are things that I enjoyed in my life that not, that doesn't, you, the only people that are going to laugh about it is you guys. Yeah, you're yeah. like, yeah, I know I got a vein in my ass cheek. I was like, fuck, <laughs> dude, <laughs> oh my uh you know it's my my mom you know i've been bodybuilding for 21 years now and to this day when i die like i'm i'm on a, i'm gonna prep right now once my face starts to get sunken in my mom starts to worry oh what you oh, mean oh you're looking sick oh you you know you should eat something you look like you're you're not doing so well i'm like it's fine just but it's like you said it's because she cares man it's like yeah. it's you know uh why do pros switch coaches so often has there been a pro to stay with the same coach from the time they got their pro card to retirement. Uh, I know Flex Lewis has been with Ian Hill or Neil Hill for the whole time, I think. Mm -hmm. But why do you guys think that that pro switch? I've switched coaches a lot of times. Well, Ronnie, Ronnie was with Ronnie was with Chad Nichols the whole time. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, you know, I had I worked with George there for a few years, and um, I did it for I did it on my own, and then worked with him for a few years. Mm -hmm. And um, last few years, I did it. Why do you think? On my why, own. Do you think why do you think pros switch coaches so much? I think there's a magic formula, some magic workout, magic drug, magic. I didn't think there was a magic. <laughs> I didn't think there was a magic formula. I just. I, I, just, I, just I think some do though. I mean, seriously, yeah. I think some guys they think that there's some magic thing out there, and you know, and like Seth, something Seth said earlier that I think is very important. You know, when he started working with his coach, they hit it off. The personalities clicked, mm -hmm. and there was chemistry there, and that's important. You know, because if uh, if you guys if you don't hit it off, then you're going to be doing this the whole time, and that's not going to be make for a good prep. And um, I think in that situation, you're going to be the best coach in the world. But if you don't hit it off and you're not clicking, you need to make a change. That's a good so. point, actually. Go ahead, Seth. Do you have a, your, you think, what do you think? I agree. I think that uh, I think um, the personality thing is the biggest part about a coach. You know, because whenever you whenever you actually meet somebody and you're like you're like minded in so many ways, and then his philosophy is like it clicks in your head. No matter what anybody can say, whenever that occurs, you're going to work harder. You're, you're every, we always all work hard, but when you, whenever you click with somebody like great things are going to occur because you're, you know, that, that coach knows what you're thinking and you know what the coach is thinking. And then the communication is always on point. It, it, it's, it's, 
it's how it's how great things occur. Yeah. I think people switch a lot uh, uh, today. Um, I think people switch a lot today because uh, bodybuilding isn't what it used to be. It's not so much bodybuilding anymore. It's more of like fitness and classic physique. Um, it's a little bit more of a smaller look. And that's no dig on it. I love it. I think it's great. Uh, but but my point is is that whenever in bodybuilding, like Branch said earlier, early on to build a physique took like a decade. Yeah. It, whenever you talk to a bodybuilder, that person was training for like eight years before they even did an amateur show or started fiddling with thinking about doing a show. Mm-hmm. Like I started training when I was fourteen years old, fifteen years old, and then I turned pro when I turned twenty five. Yeah. Like there was, there was a good eight, 10 years of me busting my fucking ass and building a physique. Um, and I think today this early quick success that some people have, um, because they're in like a physique category and they can, yeah. they can train three, four years and they're like, fuck dude, you could go step next to people on the Olympia stage, top 10 in physique. Um, I think that, you know, the, the quick, the quick, uh, uh, satisfaction is a, uh, it plays a role. Yeah. And plus, you know, there, we all know that there are more than one competition at a bodybuilding show. At a bodybuilding show, there's the competitors, yeah. there's the judges, yeah. and there's the uh, coaches. Like, those yeah. are all things going on at a bodybuilding show. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and coaches have good, they got a quick tongue. They know exactly what to say, when to say it, how to say it to get a client. And um, there, that does exist as well. Yeah. I'll, I'll say I agree with both of you. That I've changed coaches, I think, for four or five times. I think ultimately you guys are right about the personality thing. Cause the last coach was John and I've been with John since 2014 and it's because our personalities meshed. And I was like, this is, you know, this is somebody I can believe in. I believe what he's talking about. I believe is in his formula. So I think you're right. I think it just took me some time to find that, that, you know, like Seth, you said you found it right away. Whereas it took me like a few few coaches to finally find the right person that was like best for my situation. So oh, yeah, uh, everybody you... everybody's got a personality. That's a nice way of saying an ego. <laughs> this is uh, I actually picked this question because of you guys being on the show. Would you rather have a consistent physique like Dexter's or a freaky physique, but harder to figure out like Rami's? Let's. Let, I want to rephrase the question. Would you rather have a consistent physique like Dexter's and forget the hard to figure out part, a consistent physique like Dexter's or a freaky physique like Rami's? All right. So I'll, I'll, I'll lead that off. Uh, Cause uh, it's the best of both worlds. I'm not sure about why Rami can't nail it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I would say that I, I just don't know him. I don't know his personality. Um, uh, bodybuilding is so superficial of what everybody sees. Uh, Dexter is one of the most consistent fucking people on everything. Like Dexter's diet is so consistent and it's scary. Like if you watched his YouTube channel and, and you listen to him and stuff, bro, he does the same fucking shit every single fucking day. Nothing phases him ever. It's always the fucking same. Yeah. That's why he looks like it, it just, he's, he's a machine. He's yeah. a fucking machine. I don't think Rami is that way. No, I but, think the but that, let's let's take all that aside though. Just okay. Who would you rather be? Fucking Dexter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Branch? Dexter, because yeah. you know it's a uh, being consistent. I mean, that's that's how you win shows. Being yeah. consistent. Yeah. And uh, you know, being a freak. I mean, how many guys we know out there that are freaks? I mean, you go to Olympia. 
walk around the expo, you'll see guys from wherever all over the world, you know, 330-pound guys walking around. Like, fuck, who is that dude? Yeah. But he's a freak, but he can't, ain't going to win shit. Can't so, put it uh, together, yeah. Yeah, can't put it together. So, I mean, you know, like, I don't know why Ronnie can't get together. He got together that one year when he got, I guess, second. You know, that's the best we've seen him. But uh, he hadn't really, really put together before since then. But, uh, you know, I tell you, it doesn't win shows. You know, being – when you can be 300 pounds and be consistent like Ronnie, that's something – they killed everybody, but uh, you know, if I had to pick one of the other, Dexter, one hundred percent all the way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think I, I would. I think any bodybuilder would probably say that. I mean, it's a pretty physique. It looks easier to maintain than being three hundred pounds. He's and, the most consistent bodybuilder of all time. Yeah. I don't even. How many shows have he has he done? Over thirty. One. He's one twenty nine. Yeah. <laughs> he's one twenty nine. Out of here. Yeah. If you had to choose only five exercises, oh, I thought this was interesting too. If you had only had to choose five exercises to do for the rest of your life, what would they be? You got to say the squat. The squat's got to be one, obviously, right? Squat, deadlift. Um, deadlift? Really? Yeah, deadlift for sure. Because it makes your whole body grow, bro. I yep. know, but I hate a, I hate deadlifts. Don't get me wrong. I yeah. fucking hate deadlifts. Since I retired, I've not done a fucking deadlift. But if I only had five <laughs> exercises to do, it would be deadlift. Fucking, you, you forget who I train with. This motherfucker can like right, 800 yeah. pounds every day of the week yeah. and make me look like a bitch every time yeah. I fucking deadlift with him. What was your so, best and deadlift? pounds to the fact I hate deadlifts. What was your best but, deadlift, Branch? I don't, remember, deadlift. I don't remember seeing you deadlift that much. My, de my best deadlift was 740. That's um, good. That's fucking Mine was yeah. shit. I don't even want to say it. What about you, Seth? What's your best deadlift? 685. I'm the weakest motherfucker here. Motherfucking. How's he going to draw, bro? The only, the only reason my deadlift was good is because of fucking Johnny. Because I would get so mad because he would kill me so bad. I fucking would go psycho, man. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this motherfucker off the ground. I'm going to give a fuck if my hands rip off. And, and just over time, you just get stronger, I guess. I don't know. All right, squat. Yeah, it wasn't, the squat, deadlift. What else? Bench uh, press. Dumbbell presses. No bench presses. Okay, dumbbell press. Then uh, – Man, probably one arm dumbbell rows. No way. And that would be on my and list. Military, military presses. Military press. Military press. Yeah. And barbell curls. Yeah. Right? Seth, what do you think? Yeah. Is that a good list? Yep. I'm going with uh, the squat's got to be in there. So I'd go squat and then uh, for sure uh, incline dumbbell presses. Okay. Squats. I only get five. Fuck. I'd say I, I, it's squat, deadlifts, incline, incline barbell presses, or uh, incline dumbbell presses, pull-ups. Pull-ups? Oh, pull fuck. I, pull I'm, too fat, I'm too fat to do pull-ups. Yeah. You could do them assisted. Okay. Think, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm the, 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 the pairing, the, the, the part here that's torn is either, uh, nope, I'm going with the barbell curl. Got to go. Uh, I'll take barbell or or uh, or uh, ordering dumbbell curls. Dumbbell you lift, curls. You barbell lift curls. the military press out. Yeah, fuck those things. I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> My shoulders are garbage. I'm done. I'll get them I, things. Uh, will get hit when I'm doing incline barbell or incline I, dumbbell presses. I'm good. I think I'm I'm there with Branch, except I would switch out deadlifts for T-barrows. Mm. I love a good T-barrow. I have to. I got uh, Yeah, I do T-barrows every week. Yeah. Um. 
Uh, possibly to touch on mental health leading up to a show post cycle and what the come down feels like and how to manage that. And, and you know what? I'll just simplify the question. What, what would you do? What would you guys do after a show? You know, that after the show feeling where everything's just done and everything's gone and you got nothing to do. Like, it's like all of a sudden there's just nothing to happen, nothing happening. And it's almost like a little bit of a mental letdown. What, what do you guys do in that time? Man, I would, uh, this is what we would do. And one, I wouldn't, me and Johnny would stay away from each other because we'd always, we tried coming back and say, Hey man, we're going to train light. That should never happen. Yeah. And so we just learned to just stay the fuck away from each other for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And, um, you know, as far as, uh, get off everything as long as possible until I had to, to whatever my next show was, mm. stay off is take a longer break as I could without being detrimental to my next competition. And, uh, you know, you go out, you eat a little bit, uh, usually after I have a few meals and I'm over it. And I'm uh, back on the off-season program, eating healthy. And with me, I always had another business, you know, to focus on. You know, we had a freight company, logistics company for 10 years. Um, had a gym for a number of years. So, uh, you know, I just uh, usually when I was preparing for competition, I neglected that. There were some things I probably neglected, especially those last few weeks before leading up to the show. So I'd yeah. catch up and take care of those issues. And uh, generally what I would do is after I was married to Trish, we would uh, take her take the thing about it with our relationship, I took, 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 and she gave, 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 even though she was competing too usually. So, and that's a, that says a lot about her uh, being able to give, even though she'd be getting ready for the same competition a lot of times. So after the show, I'd usually tell, we'd go somewhere and I'd take her on a vacation and, uh, you know, make her be, let her be the queen for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Seth, what about you, man? After the show, what kind of, what do you, how'd you occupy yourself? So he, uh, so branches, uh, <clears throat> he had Johnny. I didn't have a Johnny. So like, I just, I, I noticed that after, you know, after I did my first show and like I, you take a little bit of time to yourself, whether it's a few days or a week, you kind of get all fucked up in the head. Yeah. Like if you've got to get off, if you're, if it's the last show and you need to get off your gear, you get off your gear. But me personally, it was like, I still had to do my cardio. I didn't do it as intense. I didn't do it in fucking sweatshirt, sweatpants and a tossel cap or anything. You know, I just went in and I just did like cardio. <laughs> He's like, fuck out. You're in Texas, dude. You don't count. That's dude, fucking dude, different. Dude, dude, my last cardio session was fucking right before the show, and I was done, so I had to do it again. I would be punched in the face and do that shit. I'm like, For, I'm like Seth. I would, I would get my cardio. I would keep kind of going back to my routine a little bit. So I learned because people walking like, to the refrigerator. <laughs> I, I, I had to, uh, I still had to kind of continue something. Uh, I just did the cardio, the, the gym. I backed off the gym because if I went in there, I found myself like, Oh, like I need to train. And there wasn't really anything going, going light about it. Um, and also like your hormones are all over the place because you just fucking depleted yourself. You, you took out your water, you were taking a bunch of gear, you were all these different things. And then like that show was the pinnacle time. That was the day. And then after it, you're just trying to get normalized. So you're going to have ups and downs in your head. You might be a little emotional. You might be a little, little touchy with things. And those are all normal. But um, you have to find it's you that's doing it. Like it's, it's, it's not anybody else. That's, it's not your significant other. It's not uh, your, your kids or anything. It's you. You have to learn how to control all of those feelings because they're normal. Like you just went and fucking did something that was not supposed to happen to your body. So don't expect it to be normal afterwards. Yeah. Um, but we try to be as normal as possible. But the most important thing, like, like Branch even said, all those people that were sacrificing for you to get to that day, 
you need to make sure that, that, that you get with them and spend some time and appreciate everything that they did to you leading into that show. Yeah. I guess that's really important, but make sure you keep, do the things that help keep your sanity. Me, it was cardio. I had to keep doing my cardio. If I didn't, I get a little fucking weird. I, uh, I pulled this next question for you branch specifically. Okay. So what is the optimal rest period to grow type two muscle fibers while still having a concise workout? I don't even know what the fuck a type two muscle fiber is. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> uh, as opposed to what a type one. I love it. I love it. You know, what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry to, I, I know who asked the question. I'm sorry you asked this question and we're laughing, but this, the reason I'm laughing is because this is exactly what Luke used to talk about. People are just got the scalpel hey, over, before they need a yeah. scalpel. It's like the broad strokes come first. The scalpel comes fucking way down the road and like just overthinking everything. You know, that, I, I, that's a very good point. I just, you know, I've done seminars all over the country, all over the world. And uh, I get these questions like this and sometimes I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I never heard of a type two muscle fiber in my life. You know, and uh, I didn't even know what macros and macros were for years. I was, just, I was in a seminar and they go, hey, what's your macros? I go, what the fuck is a macro? And uh, I'm, like, I'm like, you guys overthink this shit way too much. What we do is not rocket science. It's very basic, okay? And what it is, it's called just self-discipline and hard-ass work. Mm. And repeat, repeat, repeat for years and sometimes decades. That's yeah. all it is. And, uh, you start worrying about breaking it down into the molecular level on the top ones and this and that. You know, it's like blood type. It's red, bro. So fucking go with it. You know, yeah. um, don't worry about it. Don't overthink the shit. And, um, yeah. So yeah, for ultimate recovery time, it's like this. You train as hard as you can fucking train until you can't lift the weight no more. And then when it ain't sore no more, go train it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's it. It's, it's like, okay, let's mic drop. Let's end this show. No, I just, uh, no, it's, it's true. It, it's certain true. Dude, isn't it crazy? Like, Everyone, it's, it's, everyone is looking for the perfect formula and it's like right in front of their fucking face. But the, the, the real formula is way harder than all these little things they're looking for. Because the real formula is yeah, what you just said. It's the consistency yeah, it's, and the hard work. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And I, it doesn't matter. Okay, if you know the body inside and out, you can have a biology degree, chemistry, whatever, that's cool. But if you're not willing, you don't have the mental capacity and the motivation to eat that food as much as you're supposed to eat, Sometimes it's so much you can't get it all down. You got to choke it down with water and then go to the gym and train till you fucking puke every fucking day and do that. Not for a week or a day, but for years and decades, you ain't ever going to get there. So I don't care how smart you are and how much you know about all the chemistry of the body. If you don't know how to, if you can't, don't have the mental toughness to do what needs to be done day after day after day, you ain't going to get there. Go do something else. So, and you'd probably be smarter to go do something else because you'll probably make a lot more money at it. (laughs) <laughs> you, and I'm loving this because this is what this is why I've, um, uh, this is this is why I am like the way I am because of watching people like Branch, yeah. Jay, Phil. They were at their pinnacles whenever I was coming up. Mm. And whenever you talk, uh, if you've ever trained at uh, trained Metro down with uh, at in what is it? Is it Arlington? Arlington, yeah, yeah. yeah. I went there for a muscular development photo shoot in 2010, in August. I was there in August, 2010. It was a fucking nightmare. 109 fucking degrees inside this gym, and it is brutal, okay? So what people need to uh, appreciate what bodybuilding is and, and push all that bullshit aside is to understand that when you were in that gym training where Branch was training, because that, that was his home. 
That's not where Phil Heath trained. That's not where Jay Cutler trained. That's where Branch trained. And then you talk to Branch about his diet, and he's like, yeah, I drink three gallons of water a day. And I'm like, excuse me? Yeah. You drink three gallons of water a day, and then you go to Texas, and you're like, motherfucker, I don't know how you don't drink four. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And, yeah. And so that's the, the great part about bodybuilding is that there is so many different people training in their own different ways, in their own respective ways, and, but there is, one, there is one common factor amongst all the people that are incredibly successful. Mm. The fucking work. Yeah. It I is. The, the, honestly, the reason I picked that question was just to illustrate how many things people are looking for that just are not relevant. Oh yeah. Like it's just not. It's just not relevant. When people ask well, me about rest, when people ask me about rest periods, I say, "Do your set. Once you catch your breath, it's time to go again. That's it. That's it. It, it could be thirty seconds. It could be sixty seconds. It's but that's it. It's not like there's no actual formula. It's like." No if you rest for two minutes, you're going to gain more muscle than if you rested for one minute. It's like, there's no bullshit like that. So by the time you have rest period, when Johnny got done his set, I'm getting on doing my set. You know, yeah. you need to change weight and change weight. And next person goes, yeah, you, that's you, how... you sitting there watching the clock. Oh fuck. It's 35 seconds. Let's go again. Yeah. Dude, what the fuck is that? I mean, if you, if you, if you're thinking like that, you ain't got your mind focused. So it uh, doesn't make no sense. I pulled this question out too for you, <laughs> for you, Branch. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you're, are you a UFC fan at all? I am. Okay. So it says, I think it was directed at me, but I'm going to redirect it. Since you are a UFC fan, what is the heaviest weight class that you think you could compete against and not get destroyed? For example, do you think you could make it through a fight with a 145 pound guy? Maybe a 145 pound chick. Maybe. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Them people are chillers, man. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, I knew uh, back in the day, I knew some of the, some of the guys around. I've been a fan of the UFC back when it had no rules. Yeah. You know, it was no time limit. You fought until you got knocked out or you submitted. And uh, yeah. they had a place called the Bronco Bowl here. We used to go and watch the fights. And uh, some of these guys, Mesker, and, you know, some of these guys that were, you know, from the Lions in here in Dallas. So, you know, yeah. the big back then they had a lot of the top guys trained there. Yeah. So I've uh, been a big fan of it. And uh, that's a whole other thing. And that, that is, without a doubt, the toughest sport in the world. I think I mean, so, it's, too. It's modern-day gladiators. And yeah. – uh, I mean, to do that, you gotta you gotta be a little off to be a bodybuilder. You gotta be really, really fucking off to want to be a UFC guy. I mean, <laughs> getting kicked in the head and choked out and punched and all that. I mean, if you're the one doing the kicking and punching, it's cool. But if you're the one getting kicked and punching, it ain't a it's a tough ass sport, man. So your question, I doubt I could beat 140. I, I ain't gonna talk no shit. I couldn't beat a 145 pound UFC guy. I do eat your lunch. I don't give a fuck how big and strong you are. I mean, I've been doing jujitsu here lately. You know, since I retired and. um Always something I always wanted to do, but when I was training, I didn't want to take a chance to get injured. Yeah. You know, so I never never did it. And um, and these guys, they way I'm way stronger. All that stuff than these guys, they freaking twist me up like a pretzel, kick my ass. You yeah. know, and but it's like anything, you keep going back, you get better and better and better, and that's how you get better. And uh, so yeah, 125 UFC kind of guy, he'll stomp my ass. I ain't gonna you, even pretend. What do you think, Seth? You got a chance? Fuck no. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Like Branch said, dude, these guys are trained killers. Yeah, like no. it, 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 they, they, they know more ways to beat my ass than I know is possible. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, dude. Cause, and, and I'm fascinated. I love watching the UFC. We all at the office here love watching or pay attention to it all. And what I find so fascinating is a guy that's 155 pounds, 175 pounds, uh, even 145 pounds, how heavy their fucking hands look. Yeah. Like you can tell whenever somebody's throwing a punch and you're like, God, that fucking hurt. You saw it. 
and that's a thing too that that people have are heavy hands, and you learn about it, and it's it's fascinating. I'm yeah. the sport is absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's like I couldn't. They're kicking my ass all day. Yeah, the one thing Branch said, I think I agree with 100%, is it's the hardest sport in the world because not only are they they're training with weights, they're training in the gym, but they also still got to cut weight just like we do. Like it's just they have all of these aspects, and then on top of it all, they got to go in and either get their ass kicked or not. But I mean, there's that added aspect at the end of it all. So their their cardiovascular conditioning probably has no equal. Seriously, I mean, if you guys have never done it, try to go three, four, what was it, five minute rounds. I think. Try to go five minutes all out in a fight with somebody. When was the last time and you got in a fight, Branch? Like a real fight? It's been a while. How long? It's been a while. I got I got in a fight like a, a little while ago. <laughs> a little while ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 30, 30, 30 seconds. That's all I got. That's it. It's like I'm it's like probably been eight nine eh, maybe ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. People say like people watch the fights and they're like, "Oh, that guy gassed out. He's a pussy." I'm like, "Have you ever tried to fight for five minutes straight? Like, do you have any idea what that feels like?" They have no idea what they're talking about because they've never done it. Yeah. You, know, you try to go, you try to go five minutes in the ring with somebody. I don't get fucked with jujitsu, boxing, whatever it is. Yeah, you will be. If you ain't trained, you will fucking gas out real quick. Well, it's also it's also one thing if you're sparring. It's another thing if you are actually in a fight and there's adrenaline and all these other things. It's different than just, you know what I mean? Because sparring, there's no adrenaline, there's no fear, there's no nothing. Right. Right? So it's a little different than actually being in a fight. But all right, so we all agree. Uh, last one before we go. Uh, what is the thing you hate the most about being a pro bodybuilder? Seth, I'll let you start. I would say... This is this is an intense subject, but it's the reality of it for me. I absolutely loved everything about bodybuilding. I fucking you're gonna say the same thing I'm gonna say. there. What's that? Uh, I said I said you're gonna say the same thing I'm gonna say. I don't it's, know what, uh, I was gonna say. what are you gonna say? Go ahead. It's it's for me the um, I love everything. The only thing, the reason that I didn't come back and go into it hard and go after it was because of my health. I don't want to, uh, I got way too much, too many good things in my life. That was the, um, that's the one thing that held me back. My weak point today, still to this day, is my kidneys. Um, my blood work shows it. And I knew because after, the, after a couple shows, kidneys look really fucking bad. Um, and those are the things that freak me out the most. Um, and other than that, dude, you asked, the branch talked about not missing retirement. It's because he's very accomplished. Yeah. The dude is one known as one of the best bodybuilders in the world. Yeah. Uh, me, I'm not. I have a very, very, uh, I have so many blank pages and potential and those words that are used and it gets under my skin a little bit time and personally it beats me up mm -hmm. uh, here and there, but I can't regret it because I have so much success and so much to be thankful for and I still love and support anybody who competes, but um, uh, that's the that's the only thing that I don't like about bodybuilding and and. And if we say that uh, that doesn't play a role, we'd all be lying because we know people that have had adverse things happen to them. Yeah. So that's the only thing that I fucking, that kills me about it. Set. Mm -hmm. Branch? No, I, I agree with that. Uh, but I, yeah, that's what I said. I knew, I knew what he was going to say. Um, you know, I think uh, bodybuilding is one of the healthiest things you can do. Competitive bodybuilding is not. Mm -hmm. And um, whether it's, it's amateur, professional, whatever, competitive bodybuilding is not healthy yeah. um, for you. You know, if I, you know, if you have any common sense, you can minimize the risk, you know, and, um, 
you know, fortunately I, I competed for a very long time and I'm in really good health and everything is great. Um, and I thank God for that, but, um, it's a, that's the part I didn't, I didn't like about it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, we push ourselves to extremes cause we're trying to win. Right. Yeah. And, uh, the, the key is you just don't want to go over that line and become detrimental to your health. And, um, you know, that, that's what I hated about it. It's like, yeah. I'm getting regenerated for a show in the last six months, last week or so is, you know, it's not healthy, man. I'm dehydrating yourself, you know, doing extreme, you know, the diet we do and, you know, you're doing more exercise than ever. And then, you know, you're taking this, you're taking that, you know, trying to get dial it in. And you're thinking, you're, you know, when you're doing it, you're like, this probably ain't freaking too smart to be doing this shit. Yeah. But, uh, I love it. You know, you do it sure. anyway. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's, uh, you know, body don't like what I do now. I'm completely healthy, man. You yeah. know, it's blood pressure, cholesterol, heart, liver, kidneys, everything. Dude, I'm, I'm healthy as a horse. Yeah. And, uh, somehow after everything I've done. So, uh, because I don't compete, I don't, I don't push it to the extremes like that. And uh, bodybuilding, the bodybuilding lifestyle is a very healthy lifestyle. Competitive bodybuilding lifestyle is not. Yeah. And that's what I'm, I don't miss that. And I didn't like it. I didn't like it at the time because I knew in it, honestly, it was just like with business, it was a calculated risk. Okay. You knew what the risks were. Okay. This is uh, a chance of success. This is a chance of getting through it and not being, having something negative happen. Mm-hmm. You know, are you willing to take that risk? And um, I did. And luckily every time I was okay, I didn't, uh, didn't, um, having I mean, adverse or long lasting, you know, effects from it. Yeah. Uh, before we go guys, is there anything you guys want to promote? I know you both have your own businesses. So is there anything, any specials, any flavors, any things you guys want to say about your businesses before we go or are you good? Anybody? Seth? Branch? Uh, I, uh, I, oh no, I'm, everybody knows all American roughneck axe and sledge. Uh, you know, the, uh, I went on to do, we do this podcast. You have your own supplement company. I have my own supplement company. Uh, people were asking, I went on Singerman's podcast and do his readiness report. People were wondering the big, the most important thing about everybody's companies in this industry and what we all do part of bodybuilding. Me personally, I think part of bodybuilding, part of being in the fitness industry is, is experimenting with all the things that we find fascinating. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's a pre-workout, whether it's a flavor, whether it's a, a, a a new protein powder, a new product, um, making it fun for the customers and the consumers and the fans and the people that are living this every day is the most important part. So, um, you know, and that's what we promote as a brand. That's why you, Fuwa, have no problem bringing on anybody into your, onto your shows. And the same thing with us have bringing people in for the podcast. Like it's, it's what we want to do. So uh, I can't encourage everybody enough to make sure that they enjoy everything that they, that they have going on in the industry and use the internet for the good. Yeah. You know, find the good products, find the fun, find good channels, not a bunch of negative bullshit that's just going to fuck your life up and make you have a bad evening and not enjoy your family and get all tied up in drama. Don't do that shit. Do the good. Branch? Uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, we got Wikicuts, uh, my company. You just go to wikicuts.com. That's Wikicuts with a Z. And uh, use code LIGHTWEIGHT25. Get 25% off your entire order. So fitting. So, uh... <laughs> I love it. But uh, so uh, yeah, we got some new stuff we're coming out with here. We got a whole bunch of new uh, new beef sticks we're coming out with. Got some new flavors and jerky we're coming out with, and uh, got a new product that's going to be very innovative. Actually, no one else has it, and that's really hard to dream of something in this industry to be be new and be innovative. So that's going to be coming out towards the end of the year. So Seth, yeah, a lot of good things happening. Sorry to interrupt you. Do you ship to Canada? Because I haven't tried your stuff yet, and I want to. Seth. Or sorry, Branch. Yes, I do. 
So we could cut yep. the ships up here? Absolutely. Okay. Yo, send me, a, send me your address and I'll send you, a, send you a bunch of stuff. I'm dieting, but on my next cheat day, I can eat a bunch of beef jerky. <laughs> It'll be on the way. All right. That's awesome. Um, anything else you want to finish with, Branch? Or are we good? Yeah, that's it. Thanks for having us on the show. And uh, Seth, thanks for all you do. And um, I think uh, hopefully uh, 2020 has been a crazy, crazy year. So uh, we're praying for peace and much better into the into the 2020 than it started. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you very thank you very much. I appreciate you guys to appreciate you guys both coming on, and uh, we'll get this out right away. Awesome. Okay, Thanks, guys. dude. Have a good day, man. Bye, guys. Thanks, guys.